The Treasury Minister has had a lot to deal with since taking over from David Ashford three months ago. A flurry of announcements this week demonstrated an understanding of the significant financial difficulties many of us are facing and short-term fixes have been delivered. But are these sustainable? Can the government continue to burn the economic candle at both ends? On tonight's agenda, Alex Allenson, MHK, tells me why we need a radical shift in economic strategy and what the Cannon administration's brave new world will look like. I recorded this piece with Minister Allenson a few weeks ago, before this week's big announcements, but I hope you'll agree the Minister's insights are very informative. I suppose to start with, we we ought to touch on the big announcements this month's uh, Tinwald in in relation particularly to the economic strategy. Um, I mean, this is is such a big uh, thing. Um, for the, the Isle of Man, you know, the future of the Isle of Man is going to be remarkably um, different uh, in 15 years if everything in the strategy is delivered. Um, I suppose it, initially, I suppose it would be interesting to get your take on why uh, do we actually need to do this? Yeah, that's a very good question. And, and I think the Isle of Man would be significantly different in 15 years' time if we did nothing. I while I've been here, I came over 20 years ago, I've seen a significant change in, in, the, in the way people of the Isle of Man behave in, in terms of our own self-consciousness, that the resurgence of a pride in, in, in Manx culture, I think is all great. And I think that will continue. What happened under the last administration was a, a, a whole body of work started off last May, asking KPMG to do a, a full analysis. And, and so part of that was looking for a vision of what the Isle of Man could be, but also doing a warts and all analysis of what we, we've got at the moment now. Um, and some of that is, from a political point of view, isn't particularly nice reading, you know, uh, but, but actually people think it, it, it is true. Our education system should be better. Our kids aren't learning perhaps what they need to do to the levels that they need. Our health service could be a lot better. Um, we spend a lot of money on, on health, but people's actual experiences of it, particularly with chronic diseases, is poor. Acute medicine, yes, they're, they're, they're flown away and they have stents put in if they have heart attacks, and, and that's fine. But those people living with chronic illness, actually, um, we could do an awful lot better with. Um, but also specifically looking at our population we know that the birth rate has been decreasing, probably because people can't afford to have families um, to the extent that they used to. And if that continues, then what would the Isle of Man look like in 15 years? And, and what would governments be able to do with the income that they were getting from, from the people who live here? Because government can only spend on, on, on the Isle of Man what, what they earn. We have very strict rules about borrowing, which obviously they don't have across. And we've seen the, the amount of money that they're talking about borrowing. We can't do that. And we shouldn't do that on the Isle of Man. We shouldn't build up debts for our children and our children's children. So how can we rebalance our economy, make it more dynamic, make it younger, but also make it more, I, I would suggest, more caring so that we actually increase the prosperity of the people who live on the island and allow them to have the lifestyle that they deserve? And, of course, there's a, a range of things that you can do. Uh, one of the interesting areas which has been, uh, again, uh, potentially this would be a, a policy change uh, if, if Isle of Man government chose to do this, that would be to invest significantly uh, the reserves in Manx 
projects. Uh, it's always been the case that that's been avoided uh, with a view that um, if for whatever reason the Manx Space project turned out to, to not be successful, uh, then uh, you know we, we, we could be in, in, in significant trouble. So actually in, in investing in Manx projects, that there is a certain amount of risk associated with that because not only is it uh, raising money for the government, but it's also the government most likely that's decided what the project needs to be. So um, is that reversal actually something that is being considered? No, no, it is being considered. You, you, I mean, we on the Isle of Man are in a relatively good position of having reserves, and, and that's nothing that I can take credit for. That's previous decisions made by previous politicians to actually have that that nest egg there um, to have reserves not only to pay for things that people are paid into such as pensions and benefits but also to invest and so our our, our reserves at the moment are around about 1.8 billion which is a lot of, a lot of money which is sitting there and earning interest now you're quite right at the moment most of that is invested off island and a whole range of different bonds, equities, and also property, a managed portfolio which works very well and brings in significant revenue. One of the uh, parts of the economic strategy is at a time of economic uncertainty, at a time of worldwide crises that seem to be occurring by the day, do you retract and have austerity, or do you actually invest for the future? And this administration is investing for the future. Where do we get that money from? Absolutely brilliant question. We repurpose some of the money we've already got. I mean, the Alamein government spends huge, huge amounts of money in terms of capital programs. How can we use that for the best economic advantage for people on the island? We invest off island. Can we bring some of that back onto the island? Because if we're going to improve the living standards and the living experience of people here, both the people who are here at the moment and also people who might want to move over or move back here, we need various facilities. We need shopping centres and we need leisure facilities. We can use the private sector to do that, but perhaps we should be investing some of taxpayers' money into things that taxpayers can use rather than perhaps, you know, um, do that for Liverpool One. I don't know whether we've got any investments in Liverpool One, but I, I wouldn't be surprised with some of the property portfolios we've got. Can we repurpose some of that, bring that back to the island? Because I think that's that's possibly the misconception that some people might have listening to this. Uh, they would say, well, uh, you know, government spending more of our money on 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 uh, madcap projects or whatever whatever they would would, would call them. But but of course. Uh, go- Government's vast uh, 1.8 billion portfolio is invested in similar projects in uh, the UK and and further afield. Uh, So the idea is instead of um, excluding the Isle of Man from from that investment portfolio, you would invest in in similar projects here. Exactly. And we're not talking about vanity projects. We're not talking about gold taps and, and things that look nice. We're talking about investing in projects that not only increase the the, the benefits and, and the facilities we've got on the island, but also have a return. It is an investment. You get something back from it. And there are, for instance, you know, housing developments, car park developments, leisure developments that could happen on the Isle of Man with the private sector if they had some of the access to government capital that is currently being invested off Ireland. So one of the parts of the Chief Minister's statement is using government in all its various realms to enable 
the private sector to drive forward increased wealth for, for the people here. And, and so if we can use some of our reserves to do that in a mature and careful way, we're not going to give money away, we're not going to be spendthrifts with, you know, with it, but use that for the benefit of the people of the island rather than just for the benefit of a spreadsheet. A good example of what could have been invested in would be the likes of the Isle of Man steam packet, for example. Um, now, obviously, that's now a government-owned company. Uh, so in a way, you, you, you have invested in it, but you, you borrowed money to invest in it. Um, but the difference would be, rather than borrowing money to in, invest in the steam packet company, you would um, use reserves to invest in. No, absolutely, and, and that's one of the, the aspects of the steam packet going forward. So they've got the Manxman, it's it's being built, it will be in operation hopefully early next year. That is being driven by investment very much um, you know, under, underwritten by the Alman government. We will expect a return in that at the moment because of the, the travel restrictions over the last two years. There hasn't been an annual return from the steam packet. There will be in the future. Now, that's a two-edged sword because, yes, we're getting a, a return for the taxpayers on their investment, but that won't necessarily lead to you know, cheap fares for people. They'll still be paying to go backwards and forwards, hopefully a, a, an honest and a reasonable amount. But the profits will be shared with the, the Isle of Man tax, taxpayers by coming back into Treasury. And of course, the difference is that um, rather than some international investor making money out of the Isle of Man steam packet, uh, any money that's spent travelling to and from the Isle of Man, now if there is a, uh, a surplus, uh, that's uh, a reward to, to the Isle of Man government and ultimately the tax taxpayer. Exactly, and we've seen that already. Just little changes such as the, the food and drink being served on, on, by the steam packet is going to be Manx produce. With the new Manxman, there'll be artworks with, that are done by Manx artists there. And so you've got that direct connection with the Isle of Man and using the Isle of Man steam packet company as very much a showcase for the Isle of Man going forward in terms of raising our profile, but also in terms of the visitor economy. The, the other thing that has been mentioned, I think, by your pre predecessor initially um, in, in, in relation to yet another crisis, the, the, the cost of living uh, uh, crisis, and, and you can, we, well, we could argue uh, whether that's a crisis or whether it's just a, a really extreme circumstance at the moment. Um, uh, but one of the things that was raised by uh, Minister Ashford um, was the, the need to get more income from somewhere for, for, for government. Uh, this is also discussed in the strategy and uh, obviously we have three major sources of income, VAT, which unless we choose to abrogate our agreement with the UK, we can't do very much with. Income tax, which on the whole um, we've been, or Isle of Man government has been loath to, to alter significantly because of um, the, the competitive advantage that the tax rates give. And then the other one, of course, is local taxation. And it would appear that this government has doesn't even have this as a priority on the B list in, in terms of uh, local government reform or rates reform, anything like that. So where where do you squeeze this extra extra money from? One of the interesting things about the KPMG report, and we've known this anyway beforehand, is that actually for people on low and medium incomes, they're better off in the United Kingdom at the moment than they are in the on the Isle of Man. And that's because some of our um, costs are more living on an island. That, that's fairly standard. But because some of the changes in terms of taxation and wages that have been seen across haven't been mirrored here, 
one of the priorities if we're going to improve the living standards of people on the Isle of Man is to make sure that their wages can increase but also make sure that the tax burden doesn't and if we can reduce it because we know uh, for, from, from all the analysis that's taken place the Isle of Man Treasury, so me, that the revenue that comes into to this office is predominantly from people and people who work and live on the Isle of Man. And that's fine to a degree, but when that becomes higher and higher to afford the public services that we need, it is driving people away and it's certainly not attracting people to come here or come back here if they've gone away for university. So we're saddled with um, you know, relatively low taxation but high cost of living. I think you're right that that's become even more magnified recently because of the increasing energy costs. And whilst overall I think most people are just about coping with it, it has pushed some of those vulnerable people and people on low incomes into a crisis. And people are very concerned about making ends meet, which is why the previous Treasury Minister introduced a whole range of targeted benefits, £6.3 million already, and why I'll be making a statement in October Timworld we're monitoring things over the summer. We almost certainly will be introducing more targeted benefits as we go into the winter. And part of that is to alleviate those concerns from individuals to help consumer confidence, but also business confidence going forward. So rather than putting taxes up, I think we need to look at the tax base. We need to, to make it wider and fairer. Um, and then we're talking about some of the moves internationally in terms of corporation tax and how that is shared out amongst different nations so that you don't get some of the previous slurs that we used against the Isle of Man as being a tax haven. I would argue that we've never really been a tax haven for the last 20 years. Um, well, what we need to do is make sure that the taxation system we have is fair but also easy to understand. And so part of the um, economic strategy is actually a review of our taxation strategy and Treasury have started that already. You're listening to Agenda, the Treasury Minister is expanding on the government's vision for the future. So so effectively what you're saying there is you're going to broaden the tax base, which is all well and good and and you know I'm sure most working people in the Isle of Man would say well well about Bloomin' time too. How are you going to do that? Part of it is by looking at what's happening around the world. We know that the OECD are looking at taxing large corporations on the profits where they earn it rather than where it's necessarily banked. And we're working quite closely with our international colleagues to make sure that we follow suit. So as the OECD pillars become more operational and as people are actually asked to pay tax on where where that revenue is generated, we'll be talking with all the companies that are currently on the Isle of Man and those companies that want to come over here to actually devise a fair and equitable way that they can pay their way um, as they would do in anywhere else in the world that they were based, but also do that for the benefit of the Isle of Man and make sure that they appreciate that being based here, either in, as they are now or in the future, is a benefit for them and their shareholders as well. So I see a lot of the changes that are happening around the world as being very, very much complementary to what we're trying to do rather than us being an outlier. One of the things that we need to do is protect the the economy that we've got at the moment, but then grow it, diversify it, and make sure it's enabled to do better. And there's a whole range of ways that government can do that without standing on people's toes or necessarily killing the golden goose. Because I think we have to be careful that we, we aren't distracted by shiny things on the horizon when we don't appreciate the really good companies that we've got here on the island at the moment that employ a lot of people and actually create the wealth that 
politicians can then spend on our welfare state. One of, one of the criticisms that's already been levelled at the economic strategy is that this imbalance between tax and spend, there's lots of wonderful phrases and, and bold ambition and uh, glossy pictures. Not an awful lot by way of detail as to how all this is going to to be done. In a way, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't here. If you, if you come out with all the detail, people will say, well, you, you haven't bothered to ask us, but uh, effectively... From what I understand, you are asking the public to get involved to to give feedback on the initial uh, draft of the strategy. Yes, I mean, Treasury will be launching a public consultation and looking at some of the key parts of the strategy. So growing the population, growing GDP, growing the economy, diversifying it, increasing tax revenue, and seeing if that resonates with people. There have been some early responses, particularly people who were worried about the way it, it seems to Um, favour young, actively working people? Does that mean that elderly, retired people on the Isle of Man will be disenfranchised? The answer is no. Um, But we do need to reset some of the population trends we've seen over the last couple of decades if we're going to achieve what we want for everyone who lives on the island. Also looking at things like housing, which even at the last election was a major issue. And we've seen since then a boom in housing prices. Now, it's interesting because when I was campaigning in 2016, I was knocking on people's doors and they were saying, I've had my house on the market for years and I can't sell it. Those people have actually benefited from this. A lot of people have benefited from a rise in housing prices. What the people who haven't benefited are necessarily the younger people whose wages haven't gone up and are now faced with increasing mortgages and increased interest rates, that double whammy. So we need to try to balance this out. Every time there's an area plan, planning comes into play and you can't build on certain sites. And so we haven't been building enough houses to meet with demand. One of the things that the Chief Minister set out quite clearly in his statement was to look at the planning laws, look at planning regulations, Where government are stepping in and stopping economic growth, think about stepping back from that to enable the private sector to build more affordable houses, to build more leisure facilities, but to do it in a sustainable way. And that's sustainable not just in terms of climate change, but also in terms of our population and the people who live here. And yet, in relation to planning, there are many people in the Isle of Man who would take the view that over the course of the last administration, the planning department, and particularly the minister, rode roughshod over the the law of the land, the, the, the rules and the regulations that were in place to allow development to happen. How are you going to balance? Because inevitably, whether it's planning, whether it's housing, wherever it is, uh, you're going to have these competing pressures between people who are saying, actually, we quite like the system as it is and we don't want it to change significantly, and then the other uh, desperate need to somehow address the imbalance between tax and spend. Yeah, the timing for this is crucial, because I've had the same in, in my constituency of Ramsey, with people saying, we don't need more houses being built. They're the ones who've got houses already. But they, they would say, well, you're going to build another couple of hundred new houses in Ramsey. Where, where are the doctors? Where are the dentists? Where are the people to, to look after this extra population? What about the, the school kids? Where do they go? So one of the aspects of, of the economic um, strategy is very much investing in that in first critical infrastructure. So we know that we need more nurses, more doctors, more dentists, more teachers. 
making sure that our capital program builds those schools that were needed. And Treasury have been carrying out very much a strategic infrastructure needs assessment to say, say, look, which schools need to be replaced, which schools need to be repaired, which schools need to be enlarged. So we can do this in a planned way. We're not going to get to 100,000 people overnight, but what we need to do right now is start building for that and investing in that. And then those people who currently don't want houses built next to them will see their own services improve, see their, their own infrastructure getting better, and will then hopefully see the benefit of increasing the population to drive that further. Because of those extra people who are going to come over to the Isle of Man, a lot of them are those critical workers that we need, both in terms of our public sector, but also the private sector as well. We've had these um, old, to use the old-fashioned uh, term, population drives um, in the past. They've worked temporarily in terms of the economic result, uh, but ultimately we've ended up back to where we started with the imbalance between tax and spend. Um, How is this going to be different? It's going to be different because it starts very much with the premise of of increasing the prosperity of Isle of Man residents, that everything we do will be predominantly about the people here. We'll also obviously care about the environment and care about business, but the real focus is on people. So it's making sure they have what they need to live, making sure that they have good jobs, they have a benefit system and a health and social care system that, and an education system that works for them. Get those key priorities right. And and in some ways, you could say, well, you're um, anticipating that if you build, they will come. They're coming already. We've seen the active working population grow slightly. We just need to accelerate that. So rather than just the numbers of people coming over here, the whole aspect of the economic strategy is to improve the standard of living for people living on the Isle of Man rather than just the numbers. So those people who are here already will benefit from it as well as people who come from across or come back to, to their homeland. And and increasing the population, I think, as politicians, we need to be very careful that that's managed, that everyone sees the benefits of that. Because we've seen in the adjacent aisle that immigration can become quite a toxic subject. We want to use people coming to back to the Isle of Man and having this as their home as a real incentive for people who are living here already because they'll see the nurses that they need, they'll see the teachers that they need, they'll see the doctors that they need. One of the lessons that you can learn from Manx history, we don't need to necessarily look across the water, is that every time we've had a new residence drive, there has been a deep concern amongst the, 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 the native Manx population and indeed the settled uh, incoming uh, 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 population as well, that the, the whole way of life, the, the, the Manxness, the Manx identity has been uh, threatened and indeed significantly undermined uh, by these new residents' drives. And yet, the the plan, uh, the economic strategy, I should say, remains largely silent when it comes to support for culture, heritage, um, and you know, this Manx way of life. Is, is there a reason for that? There, there isn't a, a reason why it's not seen as a, one of the main economic priorities. But what Manx culture and heritage is, is one of the intrinsic parts of what makes the Isle of Man an attractive place to live and work and come to. If everyone, I think, appreciates that, sometimes we do take it for granted. I think Manx culture and heritage at the moment are in a really good place. 
And one of the aspects of immigration is to integrate people who come over to the Isle of Man to appreciate that culture and take part in that. So, for instance, learning Manx, um, taking part in some of the Manx music festivals, is really important for that integration. It doesn't dilute the Manx culture. In fact, I think it probably enhances it and takes it to a bigger world stage. We've got L'Oreal, the L'Oreal Festival taking place. And I know there's going to be a Manx contingent there for the first time in a couple of years now because they couldn't go previously. So again, it's that outward reach. And amongst those Manx contingent will be young people whose parents weren't from the Isle of Man, were from the Philippines, were from South Africa, were from England and further afield. But they're Children have actually been brought up to really appreciate the Manx culture and Manx heritage and are now doing that on a world stage. So rather than dilute our, our history and our culture, I hope that by growing the population at the same time as actually putting extra funding into Manx culture and heritage, we can actually grow it further. That was Treasury Minister Alex Allenson, MHK, telling us how Treasury will help deliver government's big vision. I'm Phil Gorn, Goromayu. Thanks for listening. <laughs>